And Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. John 14, verse 1. This is your brother, your son, your friend in the Lord. There's no cousins in heaven. We won't be cousins. You're my brother. You're my sister. That makes us family. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this morning and for some I thank you for their night. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would guide the words that come out of my mouth so that it may be a blessing to the listeners. Help us, Father, so that we can keep you first in all things and that we don't use the lessons today as an excuse to berate or attack people, but we use the lessons today in order to grow into maturity to become fully mature in you. Help us with this word, Father, to be able to differentiate those who are from you and those who are counterfeits. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. get right into the scripture the foundation and the basis for our Christian life is the word of God let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 Ephesians chapter 5 we're going to be reading from verse 21 to 33 Let's begin. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself 
No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Now, let's unpack this a little bit. As we dive into scripture, I'm going to start at Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 8, 9, and 10. Now, the point that I want to get across is it is possible for a man to be toxic and still be a Christian. And it is possible for a Christian to be a man and still be toxic. Genesis chapter 3, to get context, we want to speak on what makes a man a responsible man? What makes a man a God-fearing man? Dare I say, a man that is wholesome. A man that is high value in the realm of of Christianity. When it comes to marriage, marriage is held in the high regard. The whole point of marriage is a prototype and a representation, not of Adam and Eve, but of God's intention since the foundation of the world, Christ and his bride, the church, that's you and I if you are really in Christ. Genesis 3 verse 8 reads, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. To give you some context, the man that God had created, Adam, or Adam, which is like red clay or sand, He was with Eve, who God had created, or whom God had created, by taking a rib from Adam. After putting Adam into a deep sleep, and then he formed the woman. And then when Adam woke up, Adam exclaimed, that this is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Be mindful of the fact that Adam had dominion over the garden 
when God was placing authority into mankind, he put it in Adam's hands. He gave Adam complete freedom with one caveat. Don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was in the center of the garden. And of course, Adam, as he was doing the Lord's will, naming the animals, tending to the garden, doing the things that an agriculturalist would do, but within the strength and power of God, Adam needed a helper. And God saw that Adam needed a helper that suited him. It wasn't a monkey, it wasn't a lion, it wasn't a koala, it wasn't a cheetah. It was someone like him. Someone made from his bone. Someone who had the same flesh as him. And someone who was able to be a help to him. And he named that creation woman. Now, fast forward. The woman went to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as she went there, there was a serpent. The Bible doesn't describe what placed the serpent there. The Bible doesn't describe why was the serpent so interested in the tree. The Bible doesn't describe how the serpent could even talk. How can we say the serpent talked? Because the scripture tells us that the serpent spoke to the woman and sowed seeds of doubt into her mind by asking questions in a way that gaslit her trust in God's word. Did God really say you'll surely die if you eat of this specific tree? Mind you, there was never death before that point. Death existed, but it had no power, for there was no sin. Now, when Eve ate of the fruit after falling into the temptation of the serpent, she didn't immediately die, so she went to her husband, who God would hold responsible, for ultimately he gave Adam the command not to eat of the fruit but Adam fell as well and Adam fall Adam's fall was the fall of mankind had Adam not ate of the fruit Adam may have been able to redeem Eve had Adam not ate of the fruit God may not have been as angry as he was at the scenario. In fact, God may have been able to redeem and restore all of creation had Adam not fell. But instead, when Adam fell, along with Eve, they went into hiding. Now, God did something very interesting. As I'm going to read again, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, 9, and 10. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God 
among the trees. Then, watch this, the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And verse 11 says, Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Verse 12, the man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. The first sign of toxicity inside of a man is a man who cannot take responsibility for his actions. A man that cannot discern where God has placed him responsible is a man that needs to grow spiritually. Know your realm of influence and know the lane that you are running in so that you do not become disqualified for stepping out of that lane. Note that when God was walking in the cool of the day, he came for fellowship. That was his habit to come for fellowship with Adam. But Adam wasn't where Adam usually was. So God went looking for him. Kind of in a sort as an emotional olive branch to give Adam a chance. But Adam hid. When God saw Adam. Imagine the look on Adam's face. The fear. The shame. God did not say, Adam and Eve, where are you? God did not say, where are you both? God said, Adam, where are you? That gives us an idea. The first sign of toxicity in a man is cowardice. running away from facing the truth. The first toxic trait is not able to come face to face with the fruit of your actions. As Adam was in the garden, he hid from God, who is the truth. His word is truth. Who is the life? Who is the only way to redemption? He hid. He cowered at the face of consequence for his actions. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us, and further, Submit to one another out of reverence for for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of a wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. Speaking of Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, 
This means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. When the Bible says, husbands, love your wives, it's a comma, not a period afterwards, meaning there's more. It says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. That's when the period is there. Another sign of toxicity found inside of a man is the inability to love your wife to the point of giving up your own way for her. Does that mean cower and become emasculated? There's a word that we throw around called being a simp. Essentially, what a simp would be recognized as is a man who does the uttermost to please his wife, even to the point of his wife becoming emotionally abusive to him, him having an inability to take his spot as the man of the household, as the head of the household. Instead, whenever it comes to confrontation, he always dwindles down and lets his wife have her way. The job of a man is to love. The first sign of a toxic man is a man who has a hard time in love. The Bible gives a description in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to turn to it yet, but it says love is patient and love is kind and love does not boast and love does not envy and love does not seek its own way. And it gives so many beautiful definitions of the Lord, of the word love and the attributes that are tied to that word. That if a man reads that, he should be able to see each of those qualities inside of himself towards the woman that he claims he loves. If you cannot love, you are in a toxic state. The Bible says one of the attributes of love is that it does not bring up old past mistakes. If something happened and went wrong in your relationship and you move past it and then later on you bring up and you fish for things to derage your wife from her past or from the past mistakes that you've both been through, you are toxic. Remember, the Bible tells us to love our wives as Christ loved the church, meaning the plumb line for our love compared to our wife. Or the plumb line for our love for our wife compared to is Jesus Christ and his church. We grow into maturity and the full state of a fully mature man in love is a man that looks like Jesus. The Bible says he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. You see, 
how it says that Jesus made his wife into the perfect wife. He raised and trained and worked on and loved and was patient with and forgave and gave so much grace to his wife until his wife was the perfect wife. And the Bible says he did this to what end? To what extent? Verse 20 says, 27 says he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. The proof that you love yourself as a man is if you love your wife. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it. The word hate is really the word to treat in contempt, to disregard. Every day we breathe. You don't hate your body to the point where you refuse to breathe anymore. Or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You don't hate your body to the point where you refuse to do your due diligence to survive. Or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. You need to understand that as a man, the burden of responsibility in a relationship remains on you. An example of a toxic relationship in the Bible, in the scripture, was a king named Ahab. And this king named Ahab married a woman, really a witch, named Jezebel. Jezebel was not an Israelite. And it was actually forbidden for Ahab to marry a woman who wasn't of the same descent for the fact that she wasn't God-fearing. She had many of her own gods and God didn't want anyone to pull the heart of the king away from him which is exactly what Jezebel did. Jezebel brought in many false gods into the kingdom of Israel. And she brought them in with the idea of coexisting and they're just other gods. And this is just a God of peace and a God of fertility and a God of this and a God of that. Much of which is happening today. Many people are bringing false idealistics and they th they think about the universe and they think about this and they think about that and they believe that all of it can be true i can tell you on a side note all of it cannot be true john 14 verse 6 but ahab couldn't control himself and he couldn't control his wife his wife was the boss God began punishing Israel with a drought through a man named Elijah, a prophet, for the fact that Ahab wasn't willing to take a stand even against his own wife. And the one whom God blamed for most of the tragedy inside of Israel, most of the abominations that the people began to commit sins that were 
horrible when it comes to kings of Israel. God blamed Ahab, not Jezebel. The Bible doesn't say he mentioned Jezebel. But that Ahab was primarily kept responsible. Now, because of that, Ahab and Jezebel both faced terrible death as punishment. Why? The man's inability to recognize his responsibility and the man's inability to love the way he should. Now, let's turn our Bibles, if you may, to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 18, 19, and 20. And it reads, Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 just said, Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Meaning, because it's the wife's duty to submit, it's the husband's duty to honor the wife who submitted to him. It's the husband's duty to love the wife who submitted to him. It's the husband's duty to provide for the wife who submitted to him. If in a spout of rage, the husband releases his anger onto his wife, verbally, physically, he is toxic. There should be no filthy language in a relationship, calling your wife out of her name, disrespecting her. There should be no hint of immorality. I mean, adultery. Honor your wife as if you were married to God's very daughter. Now, what is some examples of a husband who is harsh to his wife? There are many ways that a man can reveal a harsh side to his wife. One of the primary ways that men reveal harsh sides to their wife is by holding on to offense. Holding on to offense. I mean, there are some men who if a wife messes up in any way, it doesn't have to be an infidelity, which is cheating. But it can be in any way. The husband will blow the situation out of proportion. The husband would instigate arguments with the very wife 
that he was made to protect. We need to understand that a man's role inside of the household doesn't give him the position of a dictator, but the position of a servant. You lead in servanthood. So, another sign of a toxic man is a man who refuses to serve his wife. A man who refuses to honor his wife. A man who is harsh in the way he deals with the delicate woman he calls his wife. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Now, if you're listening to this as a man and you're believing that I am picking on a man, a man and, and not addressing the case going on with most women, I understand there are in this society in the United States of America women who are emotionally abusive, women who are physically abusive, women who are practically Jezebels, unsupportive, unwise, no humility. But as a man, take your responsibility. Remember Adam in the garden when God called to man and said, Adam, where are you? You be Adam. Don't blame Eve. Take responsibility. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Time and time again, you've heard the phrase that a man is a provider. And this verse has said, that those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, that's their family. Those who won't care for their family have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. First Timothy 5 verse 8, please fact check me. The scripture just tells us A huge and important sign of toxicity in a man is a refusal to care for the needs of his own household. If you have a child that you are neglecting, take care of the child. If you have a wife that you're refusing to care for, not only in just financial ways. Some men have refused to touch their wives, physically speaking, for years, for months. Although the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that your body as a man belongs to the wife and the wife's body as a woman belongs to the man, her husband. 
And the Bible commands us to not withhold intercourse, sex, meeting together as husband and wife from each other. So that the devil doesn't have any room to slip in and sow seeds. Care for your relatives. Care for your household. Care for their needs. Be an overseer and make sure things are functioning well in each department. And finally... The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, that's what we're going to read in conclusion. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him her master. Uh Uh-oh. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. And now husbands, verse 7. Pay attention, fellas. I know we read a lot of information about women that many may not have known, but this is equally as important. Verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 3. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Wow. A refusal to treat your wife in honor, reverence, respect, understanding can hinder prayers? That is shocking. The final sign of a toxic man is a man who treats his wife as his lesser. Physically, the woman is the weaker vessel. But the Bible says she is an equal partner in God's gift of new life. Although physically her body may show otherwise. Honor your wives and treat your wife with understanding as you live together. And a refusal to treat your wife with understanding and reverence, Peter warns, can hinder your prayers. So, 
as we get into the day today, whether you're married or unmarried, remember your spouse is very important. Meaning the one whom you choose to marry, the one whom you are married to. But what's even more important than just your spouse is how you treat your spouse. Remember, a toxic man is a man who refuses to take responsibility, a man who cowards at the consequences of his actions. A toxic man is a man who speaks harshly to his wife, bringing up old past mistakes. A toxic man is a man who has an inability to love his wife the way that Christ does. A refusal to care for his wife and his household. A toxic man is a man who thinks that his wife is his lesser instead of believing his wife deserves just as much honor as his mother. Just as much honor as his sister. Just as much honor as any notable woman in his life. Hey guys, I'm so excited that you reached the end of the podcast. There's more where that came from coming soon. Follow me on social media platforms, Instagram at K-D-E-S-V-A-L-L-O-N-S. I'm really glad that you let me shine a light on your day. Goodbye. God bless.